0: Good morning and welcome. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, some of us in Budapest, some of us, uh, some of us back in in, in Blighty. But um, everyone, welcome. To the Football Digest show. Um, it's been a hell of a week, hasn't it? Really, so plenty to reflect upon. And uh, after the transfer window shut, who were the winners and losers? Man United certainly did the most spectacular deal of all, didn't they? And England, back to England um, action tonight in in Budapest, and uh, uh, England maintaining their sort of World Cup qualifying campaign out here with Aaron Maguire suggesting yesterday that quite a few of the players still not over the Euros heartbreak and yeah who can blame them do do we feel as if the Euros lifted the mood of the nation and got us all interested in England or was it another one I was oh we'll never do it so basically yeah are you feeling good or bad about England right now hopefully it's good but to tell us and gauge that mood is Jeremy Cross andy dunn and neil moxley good morning guys nice to be here mm-hmm. uh, nice morning. to be in your company morning, Crossley. so uh yeah yeah it's nice me and jeremy and budapest the other two guys are back in blighty and uh yeah plenty to discuss guys, guys let's start off with shall we about the um transfer window and, and andy if i come to you first what do you you know you've written a lot on ronaldo's return mm. Wasn't it amazing, you know, football is such that basically it was written in the stars that he had to play a a sort of sensational sort of kind of game last night to his almost, even though he's playing for Portugal, his arrival at at Manchester United. And then whips whips his top off and shows us exactly how fit he is. And yeah, 36 going on 21. I mean, it's astonishing, isn't it? Well, I mean, what does this move do for Manchester United and indeed the Premier League? Well, he writes his own
1: scripts, doesn't he? And, and, And he lives up to every single billing, you know. And it's funny how the Ronaldo sort of story timeline has developed because, you know, when a story like this breaks, you know, a sensational story and, you know, you start off by saying what a, you know, unbelievable move it is. But then it's your job really to look at is it is it genuinely a good footballing move? You know, there's no doubt about the commercial benefits of it there's no doubt about the fact that as far as the Glazers are concerned it's a it's a gift to the fans that you know that that basically stops it was only six months ago that we were seeing a big uprising if that um people were trying to crash into old traffic now they're crashing a website to look at Ronaldo you you know the 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 days of those uprisings uprisings long forgotten so it's good on those levels but then it's your job to look at it and think well is it actually a good move on a football level And myself and you were at Molyneux on Sunday, um, and when Wolves sort of, you know, carved through them, um, sort of bypassed the midfield time and time again on the counter-attack, you thought, well, maybe United's priorities should lie elsewhere. And then, but all the time, you come back to the fact, and then you watch last night, you come back to the fact that, okay, maybe he's not what United desperately need, but there's no getting away from the fact that, if he's available and you can get him, you get him. You know, he, he, he remains arguably one of the two greatest players playing the game right now, even at the age of 36. You know, this is a guy who could go on playing until he's 40. So it doesn't matter whether they, they've they got uh, already got an array of outstanding attacking talent. If Ronaldo's there and can come into your squad, he's going to do nothing but improve it. And that's the bottom line. And you know what's going to happen. He's going to make his debut against Newcastle, um on um Saturday week, you know, and, and it's Newcastle as well, by the way. So it's quite a helpful debut. And he's going to score and he's going to take his top off again, maybe. And he's just you know, he's going to live up to every billing um that we are given him. So we can say as much as you want. Well, actually, you know what they could really do with a defensive midfielder. Um, and that is the one thing that might complete their squad. True, but you know, they're getting Cristiano Ronaldo and he will be a sensation again. There is, there is no doubt about that. You look at him and you look at his performances over the last three years at Juve and you look at the shape he's in um and there is just absolutely no reason why he won't, well, he won't do it in the Premier League. So there's nothing, you know, as I say, it, 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 it's good for us to have a look and say, well, you know, why has it happened? Is it the right thing football-wise? How is it going to affect the squad? What sort of pressure is going to put on to like Gunasol? he now has to win the league. All those things, but
0: the bottom line is, it's just a great move, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It, it does feel like that. Although reading mm. one of your columns the other day, it feels as if you are you've got mixed emotions about it. But
1: well, only, it, only because
0: you have, some, you have got some reservations, haven't you? Because of the well,
1: a- well no. A- what well, the, the column said that it's a magnificent signing, but it's a, it, it's a it's an even better PR masterstroke from the glass right, right. that, that was the whole point. The whole point is that you know. We, we 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 did a couple of these shows probably saying what a disgrace the Super League plot was, mm-hmm. and you know at the time you know fans and us we all vowed to say like you know they should pay for this they should be punished and it's just completely forgotten you know what I mean it is just completely forgotten mm-hmm. and the you know the, the Glazers now just say okay well they yeah, are you know mm-hmm. I think about you breaking into Old Trafford and 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 whatever and that and now they you know I mean you, you, tickets would be going for fortunes to see Ronaldo's debut so in one hit. They have provided whether Solskjaer wanted him or not, and I'm sure he did. They have provided um, a move that has basically just. I mean, I say Super League. What Super League? Andy, yeah. don't you
2: think though that w- just to broaden that point, um, if you look at Chelsea, they've they've broken their record signing Lukaku.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Arsenal, who were also involved in the Super League uh, plot, they, they've spent record numbers. They're biggest spend of the biggest spenders this summer with over 150 million, roughly. Um, and City have, have obviously made Grealish their the yeah. most expensive player in British football history. So it's almost like these clubs have all taken taken stocks into Super League backlash and thought, you know what, we owe it to the fans to try and appease them and make good what 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 was such a bad scenario. And they've all they've all made significant signings in what was a quiet window until the last few weeks, and then it all exploded. It's almost like they're saying, you know, we're trying to compensate for what's happened and how we behave, Don't you think?
1: Yeah, to a certain extent, but, but, but yeah, I, I do. But I I also think they're just reinforcing the fact that, you know, we are the Super League clubs, basically. They are re- reinforcing the fact that, listen, you know, not only the, the Super League clubs of the Super League clubs within the Premier League, that we're, we're the big clubs in Europe. You, you know, the, the, these are now, I mean, this is incredible financial muscle flexing from the likes of Chelsea, Manchester City, Manchester United. Um, and, and they are basically... Showing who's got the financial power in Europe. I mean, if you look at the there's various charts, isn't there, You know, of who spent what across Europe, and the and the top clubs in the Premier League are just you know they're just they're they're, they're basically
0: um, running financial riot basically against the rest. Mm. I mean, it is it is an interesting one, isn't it? That basically that, he, that it does feel like a response, doesn't it? To um to to the Super League. I mean, Mox, you know. He, 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 do you feel that as well? Do you share that thing that basically, I mean, Arsenal responded to it. Chelsea responded. Chelsea, I think, a, a spectacular window, you know. And it is, just to broaden that that point out, as Jeremy was saying, is that a response, you know, basically by, by the Premier League? Because the Premier League has been spending money like there's no tomorrow in this window as well.
3: I think that um, we can sit here and sort of take a step backwards and say collectively that uh, it's a response. But individually, I don't. I don't suppose for a minute those conversations are going on within football clubs. I think they're so uh, insular and so concerned with their own personal uh, development and issues of the day that, that that they will. We need a striker. Well, we'll go. We'll go and sign the striker. We can take a step back and say, yes, it is a it is a response. Whether or not it was meant like that, I don't know, but. Andy's right. The, the, the response of the uh, the Big Six, Big Eight, whatever you like to call it, has been absolutely phenomenal. You know, we were told that uh, football was basically broken by David Moyes back in uh, West Ham Manchester back David Moyes back in uh, May May sort of time. But the opposite's been been the case. You know, Manchester City have gone out and blasted their uh, their own uh, transfer record. Chelsea have done likewise. Arsenal have looked under the bed and uh, you know in America and found 160 million pounds that they didn't know that they had. Um, I'm just um, I'm flabbergasted really that a sport that, that was we were told was on its knees has uh, just come roaring back into life with such, with such huge, gigantic waves of power that have, uh, that have just basically smashed, every, like a tsunami have just smashed everything out of their way and said, you know, normal service has been resumed. Whether or not they have taken the collective decision to, you know, sort of make a statement, you know, regarding the Super League, I'm not too sure because I think uh, clubs are a bit more insular than that. But yeah, what's taken my breath away has just been the the sheer the sheer power that the Premier League has has exerted at a time when other you know supposed um, uh, powerhouses in European football such as Barcelona and Real Madrid and Juventus have just lost Ronaldo over a, a seemingly taken a backward step. Mm. Tell you what, what it does do is. It sets
2: up what could be the best Premier League title race we've ever yeah. seen. I mean, you've got yeah. Liverpool are strong again with Van Dijk and Gomez back. They've, they've not sold anyone. Uh, I know they lost Yeldon, but, um, you know, City have signed Grealish. They've got, you know, they're, they're the holders. You've got Chelsea with Lukaku and they've just signed salni who's a great player from Atletico. And um, Tottenham are looking good, you know. And they've kept Kane. Which is a massive thing for them. So you've got the top four, and then you've got other teams pushing, like Everton. Look like they're going to be solid under under Benitez. Um Leeds, who you know Leeds might try and break into that group. Top top six, top eight. So w- w- right at the cream of the crop, you're going to you're going to see probably the best scrap for a title you've ever seen.
0: Yeah, it's fantastic. Coming back to Ronaldo, I do think that. <sighs> You know, people overlook the fact that he outscored Lukaku last season in yeah. I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, Mox, you know, as a pure player, I do I do think Ronaldo's got so much to offer United, hasn't he? And also then, I guess, leadership. But as a, you know, as an individual, I do think he's a sensational signing, isn't he?
3: Well, you know, just the fact that he's become the, overnight become the all-time record international goal scorer. Uh, you know, he's playing, in, you know, uh, he's not playing for... Uh, a top, top, top country, what we would, you know, won the, won the World Cup numerous, numerous times. Um, you know, yes, it's got a fantastic football heritage, Portugal, I, I, I take that on board, but to, to actually um, reach those figures, you know, people are always putting him, against Messi, putting him up against Messi. For me, I'm in Ronaldo's camp, why? Because he scores all types of goals uh, and he scores them in, in huge volumes. Um, I think Messi's, you know, 30, about 30 or 40 goals behind him in the list. Uh, it's just, I just think it's a staggering signing for all sorts of reasons. Yes, I still think he's got something to offer. But I just just think, just from Manchester United's point of view, it's always been a club that's, you know, traded on the fact that it's had stardust, a sprinkling of stardust somewhere in its ranks. And it's been missing that, in my opinion, for quite a number of years. Yes, it's, it's sort of fleetingly had it with, you know, uh, Ibrahimovic who was sort of slightly over the hill. But from my point of view, A, he's a fantastic signing on Merit. But B, it's also the fact that what effect will it have on the youngsters in that dressing room? They'll see mm. the application that he um that he that he's got towards the game. They'll see um the the way he conducts himself in and around the training ground, they'll see the way he actually you know, plays first hand, they'll feed off that the likes of Mason Greenwood, Marcus Rashford, and all the young kids who are sort of looking for a, a role model to and someone to aspire to. I just think it makes it's just a great signing, whichever way you cut the mustard crossy, to be honest.
0: No, it really is. It does, you know, it does feel like it's a game changer for, for United, doesn't it? Really? Absolutely fantastic. Ch- I mean, we must look at Chelsea as well, you know, Jeremy. I mean, I do, do think Chelsea, bearing in mind the son Lukaku, I mean, what, you know, boss of nature, is fantastic player and he seems to have developed so much since he's, since he's been away at Inter. Um, and, and then Salneges on the final day. I mean, he's an absolute, fan- you know, midfield powerhouse, isn't he? Chelsea, Chelsea look as if they've, you know, had an equally exciting window, don't
2: they? They do. Look, that they, they the, the Lukaku signing was the obvious one for everyone at the club because that was the hole that needed plugging, you know. And they've mm. got a proper world class number nine now, which they lacked um, last season and have lacked for a few seasons. But you know, they've still managed to win the Champions League without one. So it makes you wonder what they're capable of, you know, this season with Lukaku. will probably get in excess of 20 goals at least, because, mm-hmm. you know, Chelsea will dominate so many games. He'll get so many chances. And then Salon who I think United United. I mean, United have been chasing him for a couple of years at least. A uh, wonderful, wonderful player. Um, so that's real quality into midfield for Chelsea. The thing with Chelsea is you look at them and you can't see, there's no weaknesses there, you know. Maybe you look at United and think, they haven't got a really top-class holding midfielder like. Like a Cante, for example, and you look at City and think, well, they've not got a number nine. For all the gifts that they've got up front out wide, they don't have a proper number nine, which is why they wanted Kane. Um, Liverpool probably lack a bit of strength in depth because they've not been they've not been going mad in the summer window. So Chelsea just just have real top quality strength throughout the spine of the team, and with Tuchel, you know, running the show. For me, I think they're the slight favourites over City to win the title this season. Right, yeah,
0: City. Andy, do you think City, despite breaking the record, they've left themselves for, short of a centre-forward? I mean, do you think um, that's, the, that's the Achilles heel? What do you think?
1: Um, well, a, a conventional centre-forward, what we would term as a conventional centre-forward, yes. But, listen, they, they've got a guy who scored on, on Saturday who is a first-choice striker for Spain. Another guy who scored on Saturday who was a first-choice striker for Brazil. And in Raheem Sterling, who should have scored but didn't when he came on a substitute, a first-choice striker for England. So, you know, it's not like they're short in that department. And as Pep, I'm sure, will point out, you know, um, Aguero didn't play a massive part in in proceedings last season and they still won the title. And they're so short of a striker, I think they've won the last three home games 5-0, 5-0, 5-0, which doesn't really suggest the, the need for a striker is that urgent i i I get the idea that had they got kane up that would have added to it and a conventional number nine might you know make hay in that team but and we've seen games big games champions league final um and other big games community shield even the other week where they've where where, you know they they have they they haven't scored and they've they've struggled to to find a focal point but even so no and and i just think this will motivate guardiola He, he will you know for him, considering what, as Jeremy's alluded to, consider, considering how Chelsea have strengthened, considering how Manchester United have strengthened, considering how good Liverpool are, you know, Guardiola would, would have this down now as his possibly his finest achievement if he wins this title against that sort of opposition and with not having um, signed a striker. You know, to, to me, I think... And, and in a way, I think, you know, had he signed Kane and then not won the, the league... It, it would have been, sounds silly to say, but it, it would have been a, a sort of damaging his legacy. Now, if he wins the league now this season, it will be a fantastic achievement. If he'd he Kane and Grealish and then won the league, you would have said, well, so he should. You know, you should signed the best striker in, in England, if not Europe, and you've signed the most exciting midfielder, so you should win. Now, it'll be a great achievement if he does. And they've got goal, goals all over that team. So, So, yes, I mean, I'm sure he would have liked to have him. But will it weaken their challenge
0: considerably? No, not after all that positivity, let's come on to (laughs) let's come on to the (laughs) the other side of things. And I'm right on cue actually. We've got a message here from um we always look at your comments from Stu Mack saying that basically, what does the panel think of Arsenal (laughs) starting Ben White? Yes, he's half decent on the ball, but he got bullied by Preston and Millwall forwards um when he was at Leeds. I mean, you know, it it's amazing really, Mox, that basically Arsenal spent 160 million pounds. <laughs> yeah. The fans are the fans are still in uproar, basically. It's you know, have they done enough? It's it's um you know it's going to be an interesting season for Arsenal, particularly after the start that they've had. But you know, they did one on deadline day didn't they as well to take them up towards 160 million, outspent everyone else. And yet Everyone's saying, you know, have they improved that much? I must say, I, I I think if you'd watched them last season, then I think that's a ridiculous argument myself. Of course they've improved. But what do you think, Mons?
3: Well, I don't watch them as often as you, uh, Crossy, but I have to say that the performance on Saturday at the Etihad was the worst performance I've ever, I've ever seen from an Arsenal side at, at, at any stage of my football-watching career. Um, and I go back to sort of like... The early '80s, you know, when they really weren't, yeah, they really weren't sort of um, pulling up any trees, you know. I mean, it was quite frankly, it was they handed in a resignation to all intents and purposes. The purpose, this was a resignation letter handed in by Arsenal's players on behalf of the manager. They were appalling, you know. I called them a disinterested rabble on Twitter, and I think I was being quite lenient on them. Um, They just looked from front to back. Just didn't look like they had the will, desire, drive, ability, aptitude, whatever you want to say. All these words, buzzwords that we use with respect to footballers. I, I can't begin to tell you, and I can't begin to tell you how sorry I felt for those Arsenal fans who probably got to put four o'clock in the morning to get to the Emirates or wherever the meeting place was for the coaches to make that 180-mile trek up to the M6 to Manchester to witness to witness that. It was absolutely appalling. Um, and, and quite frankly, I, I, I would be worried because I, I, you know, I just think the signings again seem to have, have, have seem to have missed the mark. Um, I mean, ben White he got bullied at by he got bullied on the first game of the season, didn't he at, um, at, at, at Brentford? I'm just I just don't get it. I, you know, they seem to be looking at me saying, well, if we buy these 23 year olds of promise, then in four years' time, we'll really have a we'll really have a team. But it just seems to me to be just flawed. Uh, in conception conception and execution i'm so sorry cross to have to say this i really am uh, I, I, I would have been you know listen i'm a birmingham supporter so i've got my own crosses to bear but if i was an arsenal man i'd be looking at that and thinking do you know what i really wish you know really, really wish somebody would who knew what they were doing would get hold of this football club because it's a wonderful football club and at the moment it seems to be just going round and round in circles Crossy, more, you, more, you, more, you, I was
0: I was more concerned that you think it's 180 miles from, 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 from London to Manchester. How far is it? The ex- expenses is difficult enough, pal, to make it <laughs> at the moment, <laughs> moment, mate. Never mind the all. I'll get, I
2: know, get on Google Maps.
0: Crossy, <laughs> how <laughs> much responsibility? <laughs> I think a £200, I on it might take one it, to it, do it, a You
3: Maps. Crossy, who do you think
2: responsible? Because I was looking at the stats. Since Wenger left in 2018, we spent 438 million pounds on new players. I mean, yeah. I mean, he can't. I know Cronky has his faults, and he's been criticised a lot down the years. You know, silence, Stan, and all that. But he, he has put his hand in his pocket, hasn't he, and provided the funds. I suppose it's the old adage, isn't it? It's not how much you spend; it's you know what you spend it on, basically. But yeah, edu has I mean, like, got a shoulder to shoulder the blame, hasn't
0: he? Yeah, I mean, he has to a degree. He's obviously been there. You know, not that long comparatively. I do think the Cronkies, you know, Stan and Josh have basically been, you know, particularly Josh has been, you know, a lot more hands-on. And I think they sort of underpinned some of the spending, previous windows, where they've really gone for it. And, you know, they, they, <laughs> everyone was struggling last year. You know, with with the with the cost of the pandemic. And on deadline day, they put their hands in their pocket and got Thomas Parter, who's you know, who's regarded and almost forgotten in in this that basically, you know, what a fantastic midfield general he is in one of the best teams in the world in Atletico Madrid. And Arsenal got him on deadline day. Mm -hmm. So that's some financial backing. I I think it's more to do with the direction, I have to say. I do think that sort of edu is surely going to be under the microscope. Because you cannot go from that, you know, when they're signing more experienced players to suddenly completely changing your vision and going for young sort of players in a very, very kind of pronounced way, saying this is for the future. Well, I don't think Thomas Party arrived last year thinking, oh, you know, I'm signing up for a project for the future, basically. Because I don't think he would have done that. So let's not fool ourselves. I think you've got to have a bit more consistency. I do think Arteta, you know, I thought, look, listen, I thought he we was going to be a really good fit, and he might still and he might still be. But, you know, I think it, it, we keep on being told that he's a good coach. Well, let's see him improve some of those players individually. Let's see him not overcomplicate things, I think, you know, from a tactical sense. Because I thought oh. on Saturday it was so wrong tactically. It was against Chelsea, it was so wrong tactically. I mean, how anyone could not see what happened against Chelsea in particular? It's just basic. Never mind anything Saturday that Reese James absolutely fleeced, you know Tierney because Tierney was exposed by Saka. I mean, it just go to a three. I mean, it's just, you know, it's it's. I, mean,
3: I looked at the back. I looked at the back line, and you know your back three was Callum Chambers, Rob Holding, and say Kalasin Action. I'm looking mm. at it mm. not prayer. It's, this no. is going to be, you know, this is going to. And, and I don't even think Manchester City played that well, you know. And it was game over inside, you know, the minute that Saka just for a change. Decided he didn't want to play anymore and uh, got sent off after half an hour. I mean, yeah. uh, and then the whole ground by then you'd just seen I'd seen half an hour of a non contest and it was literally a question of how many how many goals Manchester City were going to score. I mean, yeah, I honestly, I just it was. It, What's the realistic uh, finishing point
2: in the Premier League table for well, Arsenal this season?
0: Well, after the start they've they've made it's, it's mid table it mid table, you know. I think basically. I mean, I do, I do think it was the thing that made me laugh. And sort of Arteta said afterwards was basically we started the game quite well. Well, could have <laughs> fooled me. I thought you we did one nil down within seven minutes. I mean, it's ridiculous. What are you going on about? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I just and then sort of kind of TV didn't really pick him up. And I thought it was a bit. I, listen, I thought when you would get smashed like that. I think it's a, you know, I think questions have to be asked about your future, basically. I was being a bit surprised that it wasn't. I always remember Jeff Shreves, who's brilliant pitch side, you know, interviewer off, off the pitch, wasn't he? I mean, you know, the legend that Arsene Wenger was for Arsenal, losing 8-2, the greatest manager in their history. And he has to ask the difficult question, you know, about your future. You know, are you, are you still the man, basically? So it's just... You know, I do. I do think that I was. I'm surprised in a way. But look, I don't think he's in immediate danger. But I, you know, I think we've reached a point where you've got to be careful because as soon as the fans lose faith, the players lose faith, everyone loses faith, and I think
2: that's. You know, and John it's, Cross it's loses faith.
0: You I'm do. Say, well, <laughs> I like <laughs> him to. See, I like to see him succeed because I don't necessarily agree with some of the former players who now say basically it's it's wrong. Get get rid and stuff former Arsenal captain here so you know I'd like to see it work because for everyone that says oh well, they don't have links with the past and sort of losing its DNA and its connection well how do you try and resolve that you try and make it to sort of a former captain a
2: manager how um, long do you think it takes before you realise once for all that it's just not going to work Christmas 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 but I don't forget, know, he has got, one he has won one more trophy than Solskjaer has at Man United
0: yeah yeah
1: there's three games and, and, and i i understand what what mox is saying about the back line but you know they have got injuries and and you met and also you mentioned thomas party you know who's who's, who's also been injured so i think the eye-catching thing about the likes of the ben white signing is, is the price you know i mean i like ben White. i think he, you know i think he's a very decent center back but you know 50 million pounds was, was that what it was mm-hmm. i mean i mean it's just eye-watering you know when as I think a couple of our correspondents here who, who, who've been messaging in, I've pointed out, you know, how other defenders around Europe have gone for far cheaper than that and are probably equally um, as accomplished as, as White. So it's just how Arsenal come to pay, you know, and it's not the first time, you know, let's face it. I mean, how did they come to pay £50 million pounds for, for Ben White, who, you know, only a couple of seasons ago was out on loan at Leeds United? How did they yeah. pay? such an eye-watering fee for Pepe you know it, it, it's how do Arsenal manage to pay top dollar for basically what what without with respect are merely good players you know yeah you, you're, you're not
0: paying you see know, I, I pay. think what I think White will be England's centre-half for the next five years I do I really yeah know. you know and then Ramsdale's got potential but what what slightly disappoints me is well, Ramsdale. You know, I didn't mentioned this last week. But when Ramsdale signs, it's one of the greatest days of his life. And yet, Arsenal fans on social media are saying that basically, you know, you know, spent too much money. It's wrong. It's this and it's that. And it's not their concern. It's not their worry. It can't be. You know, get behind the player. And then the travelling fans did exactly that at West Brom. And I just feel as if like this kind of cycle of negativity is.
2: The thing is, you're right about Ben many White you know, fans being supporters, you know, in three or four years. Ben White will be probably England's main centre half, but but play for Man City in the <laughs> meantime. When he's playing in a team like that that's getting dropped 5-0, I'm not saying they're going to get dropped 5-0 on a regular basis, but you know, they'll, they'll yeah, and he's playing with mediocre players around him. What's that going to do to his development as a player? Yeah.
1: Exactly. I, I, I'm, and we have to bear in mind that you know, we expected the likes of. Um, two players who played on Saturday, the likes of Rob Holding and on Rob, didn't play, but, but the likes of Rob Holding and Callum Chambers, we expected them to kick on, you know, in the same way that you probably expect Ben White to develop. And Chambers and Holding haven't done, that, have they? I mean, the, 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 there's no, the, the, there's no getting away from that. They haven't kicked on. They've stayed the same, stagnated. They, they are what they are at the moment. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Jez is right, you know how how Ben White comes from being in a team that's going to be under pressure, but you know listen, there's three games into the season. We're not sacking Arteta after three games, are we? You know, and, and Jeremy's right to remind us that that he you know he's won a cup. He didn't just win a cup; he won it against a very very good um, team in the final. You know, and he's pulled out some good results. So I, I think I think you know listen, I, I think you can you, you can point to the fact that originally they've employed a guy who has got no experience and, and and who was don't forget. People say, "Oh, Arteta, you know, he, he would have learned so much being assistant to Pep Guardiola." Well, possibly, but you can look at it the other way. Um, and as we all know, Pep Guardiola is extremely hands-on mm-hmm. as a coach. Mm-hmm. You know, more hands-on they say than some managers that, that we've known in the past. You know, see someone like Sir Alex Ferguson, probably, you know, was the, was was the sort of overlord, and he, and he would delegate, and he, and he would be, you know, have the all-seeing eye rather than getting involved in the nitty-gritty. And maybe, you know. From uh, from City Training Ground, what we hear is the Pep, you know, literally is so hands on with everything. Now, I'm not saying Arteta simply put the cones out of Man City, but, you know, he, he, he was, he, they've employed an assistant manager, as simple as that, with a guy with no experience. So it's going to take him a while. Um, and I'd like to see him get, get a little bit longer. And I think you're probably right. I think Christmas, you know, that, say, uh, a, th- a third or a quarter of the season gone is the time to do it. And don't forget, you know, the Brentford result was, was poor. I don't think they were as bad as people said against Brentford. And they've then played Chelsea and Man City. Mm. You know, the two teams who contested the Champions League final last year. You know, so, so you're not... They're, they're tough games. They're tough games. And if you're depleted, you know, they've had COVID issues. They've had key players missing, key defenders missing. You know, I think, I think really we should cut him just a little bit of slack right now. Also,
2: Donny... You don't mm. give that. You don't spend. Give a manager hundred and fifty million to spend in one window, do you? And then um, yeah, true. You know, you know, sack him. I mean, where does, that does gets you nowhere, does it? So yeah, um, you know, that indicates to me the volume of money that they've spent on new players this summer indicates to me that they, they are prepared to be patient with him and hope that he comes good. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: No, it'd be interesting to see. Listen, we mustn't turn it into just just to an Arsenal show as much as I'd like that. But um, but no, <laughs> <laughs> Liverpool. Liverpool is the other one that sort of seems to, to my amazement, frankly, you know, causing some angst amongst Liverpool fans. Not all Liverpool fans are hasten to add, but, the, you know, their big sign was Canate, who's obviously not started the season. You know, Joe Gomez is back now as well. So, they've, yeah, having had no centre-halves, they've got loads of centre-halves. centre-halves coming out of their ears and they've signed another one. And then, you know, the accusation is from some quarters is that basically they haven't done enough in this window to to be serious uh, title contenders. What do you make of their window mocks? Do you think it's, you know, do you think, are you a bit surprised? I mean, sort of, I think it was announced this week also Michael Edwards, you know, is sort of kind of, he's going to be leaving soon, isn't he? I don't know whether the the, the things are linked really, but just, yeah, do, do you get that negativity?
3: Um, do you know what? I, sort of last week, a week before, I went on and said I was slightly worried about Liverpool's strength in depth, and to a certain extent, I still am. I don't think they're capable of financially of fishing in the same pools as Manchester United, City, and um Chelsea. I think that's what perhaps what may be fueling some of this um angst. But in terms of the, uh, just had a look at the subs bench on uh, on Saturday. And bearing in mind they played against the European champions in what was being billed as a sort of early season title decider. Um you know, it was Joe Gomez, Thiago, Cater, uh, Oxlade-Chamberlain, Jota, Minamino and uh, Simicast. Now, it, at least four of those, you could stick into Jurgen Klopp's uh, eleven, and there'd be no discernible difference in terms of quality. So perhaps was I was been a little bit harsh on them. I think maybe the angst is fuelled by the fact that they can't just go out and, and spend £100 million pounds on Jack Grealish sure, or Romelu and Kaku. The financial modelling that the club doesn't sustain that. Um, and I think Jurgen Klopp has been quite um, forthright in, in saying and stating that over the last, certainly over the last twelve months. And, and, and but but there's no doubt on that. On paper, one Aldam's a massive miss. I, I just I really like him. I just think he's just I, I liked him from the moment he stepped. You know, we sort of came across more consciousness at Newcastle, and I think he's been a really undervalued member of that that squad. People. You know, people talk about you know the impact of Van Dijk and and um, Becca. But obviously, is a missing piece of the jigsaw. But I think he's been a, a, a massive loss. Um, so yeah, perhaps it's it's fueled a little bit just by the fact that they can't go fishing in the same pool, and yet they're expected to compete. But for me, when Liverpool's first eleven is out on that pitch, completely Van Dijk and, and Henderson, who, who was also another big miss, miss last season through mm. uh, injury, that they're, they're a match for anyone, whether or not they can s- sustain it. Perhaps not, but because I think I look at Chelsea's squad and I just see just strength everywhere, um, and, and I'm just wondering where they're weak. People keep talking about weak links, and where I just don't, I just don't see it. You know, they've got they've got pretty much two two players for every single position, and you know they've got people that can step in, and there'll be you no know, dropping discernible dropping quality if they do. Um, so look, yeah, I, I understand. Perhaps there's a bit of angst, but you know, Liverpool's fans, you know, they won the title with playing. Um, Pretty much the same team throughout the season. And there's no reason why they can't be up there again. Although I don't expect them to be. I think over the, I think injuries will naturally happen, and the strength of the squad at some stage will bite. But if they can keep those players fit, yeah, they're up there.
0: Yeah, Danny, you were at Anfield on Saturday.
2: Yeah,
0: it did feel like, you know, just before obviously that penalty incident that Chelsea were giving them a, you know,
2: well. A really...
0: Really good. Game. <laughs> How can I put this? A good going, not a good, not good going over, but really good game. And I don't know. Wasn't it? Wasn't it a pendulum swinging towards Chelsea? And then, obviously, the this, this sending off happens. But hmm. I, I, I still think that Liverpool in the title race conversation, don't you? I still look as oh, if. I, absolutely. You know, yeah, absolutely. Listen,
1: listen it, it was a, it was a pretty even game, eleven v eleven. Yeah. You know, and then and it was a it turned out to be yeah, a pretty yeah. even game, eleven v ten as well. I mean, yeah, it, it was. Listen, Chelsea did well on the counter attack. You know, they had they had a couple um, of chances and scored a goal. You know, scored a goal from a set piece. You know, I'm not quite sure he knew quite where that header was going. Kai Havertz, but you know, it, it, it ballooned in and 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 they looked a, they looked what you expect from from Tuchel's side, a very competent side. As Mox says, very few weaknesses. Um, but you know, I, I would still say Liverpool looked probably. You know, in terms of flair I'll probably say you know I still will have Liverpools front three over any front three well, in in the Premier League it is as simple as that you, you know listen they're going to have their off days and they've got the backup in Diego Jota my worry for Liverpool would just be you know Harvey Elliott did very well on Saturday you know he mm. did very well um and for Klopp to trust him in such a big game is is a real um, sign of his faith in 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 the teenager and and the fact that he stayed on the pitch, you know, the, 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 he made substitutions and, and Elliot's number didn't come up. I, I, You know, and he was great. But, having said that, I just still think in that area, in terms of central midfield, they are just lacking a little bit of, of creativity. They're lacking a little bit of spark um, just behind that front three. You know, I mean, Curtis Jones, I'm, you know, it, it doesn't, I don't know, there seems to be some suggestion that, that he's fallen down the pecking order. I think he's a fantastic player, you, you know, um, and... And maybe he'll come back um, into the picture and produce, but it's still just think just just lacking a little bit of creativity there. But it's no big deal, really. You know, I don't think that Chelsea were that much better than Liverpool eleven versus eleven. Um, I think you know with Van Dyke back, they look you know remarkably solid defensively. They've got a great goalkeeper, great fullbacks. You know what, what's not to like? I think I think it's only because of our two things why we might have doubts about Liverpool. One, we're just too familiar with how good they are, with how good Alexander-Arnold is and Robertson is and Van Dijk is and Salah, Firmino and Mane are. You know, they've just become too familiar in a way. And also the fact that we're comparing their window to the window of, say, of Chelsea, who, you know, it's just been, their strengthening in every department has just become excessive. You know, I mean, it looked at one point as though they were going to sign another centre-half, didn't it? Mm. You know they, they were in fair. Couldn't they? Win from from severe, and it's just like you know. Well, how many players do you want for each position? You know, and and, and they are just you know we, we forget that. Okay, they've, they 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 got Lukaku, and that was that filled that a gap. Well, actually, you know, they signed Vera in the previous transfer window for an awful lot of money. You know, and you forget that he's the type of players on the bench. So you're comparing Liverpool really to an exceptional project that's going on at Chelsea, which is compiling a squad. Of world-class players, you know, literally, literally two for every position, probably. Uh, you know, and it's a measure uh, that Chelsea could hold on even when they had to substitute Kante with, with injury at half-time. So, so yeah, I, I wouldn't be too, if I was a Liverpool fan, I, I certainly wouldn't be too worried about about their season ahead. I think they've got some great individual players and in Van Dijk, the best defender in the league, probably the
0: best goalkeeper in the league. So um there's not much to worry about, haven't I haven't thought no no i do think it's going to be a very interesting brilliant title race you know going back to to jeremy do you think man united are going to be in that title race i mean he was going i thought varane was terrific on sunday very good debut very very assured and yet sancho where was he you know fred yeah you know, <laughs> <before>. <laughs> we did have a laugh about that. Dunning gave me a great laugh from him, actually, ball basically, as ever. Um, uh, sort of making the point, I you was know, sort of saying about Ronaldo cardboard cutout. He could have gone the team, couldn't he? Yeah, he should basically, you, you, the cardboard cutout would have been better in the United's midfield than Fred. But, um, you know, it's, uh, United still clearly have deficiencies, don't they? But do, are they in that conversation? About the title
2: race, I think the initial reaction to them signing Ronaldo was crikey, they have got you know, on current form, probably the best player in the world back in their ranks. And yes, they are now genuine title contenders, and it's difficult to argue against that. But also, Varane, you know, he I'm glad you mentioned him because he's sort of been overlooked a bit, really. You know, they've only paid like less than 40 million quid for him, and he's he's absolutely world class. He's won the World Cup. You know, he's played at Real Madrid for donkey's years and won everything there is to win. He's a real top, top-class centre-back. So, that was a, that, I think that is probably a more significant signing than, than Ronaldo, actually, because, you know, yeah. we all know what Ronaldo can do. But yet, then again, they've got Rashford, they've got Greenwood, they've got Cavani, they've got Martial, they've got so many... They've got Bruno Fernandes, who chips in with goals. So, they've got so many attacking weapons that, you know, they're sort of starting to look a bit like the Harlem Globetrotters, man, you. Um... And, you know, Verano will make a huge difference alongside Maguire. They will be probably one of the best centre-back players in the the league, if not the best. Um, But it all boils down to they have not signed a good, good top-class defensive midfielder. They have Fred, they have Nemanja Matic, but those two, for me, are not good enough to um, play in a title-winning tide. That might be the one weakness of Man United, I think, this season. But look, if Ronaldo turns it on, they're going to score bucket loads of goals. Well, ironically though, I know Solskjaer's looking like he's you know he's the cat that got the cream at the minute after getting Ronaldo back, but the pressure of him now to win a trophy this season is absolutely immense. You know he's in his fourth season now. I know, he, yeah, 28 years. So his third start of his third full season. I know he got to the final of the Europa League last season and and they lost on penalties. Finished second in the Premier League. That's just not good enough. You can't crow about that. That's nothing to brag about. It's Man United. Who yeah. were the, you know, dominant force for years under Fergie. It won countless things. Mm. Finishing, so who, who remembers a runner-up? No one remembers a runner-up. Yeah. So, look, and if he's he wins good. a League Cup this season, that is nowhere near good enough for the squad yeah. he's got on paper. <laughs> look, Sancho, I know he's, he, there's still question marks about Sancho, aren't there? He didn't play much for England in the Euros. You know, he's not made a blistering start for United. But we know there's a good player in there and he'll find his feet eventually and he will I'm sure he'll, he'll, he'll be a great addition to, to the ranks at United. So on paper, they have the best, as good a squad as anyone, really. But bar, maybe barring Chelsea, so there's no reason why they can't be challenging for the title. But the, the pressure on now is immense. He cannot, he mm. cannot go another season without winning something significant.
1: Yeah. It was, it was that game we were at John at Molineux. That was his, was it? Was it was his hundredth game as manager, was it? Or oh, hundredth Premier League game as manager? Mm. I think.
0: 100th Premier Premier game. Yeah, Premier, League.
1: Premier League game, and, and, and In, and in these
0: days, by, basically, by the way, they set a Premier League record for away.
1: Yeah, for 28 yeah. games yeah. being yeah. away from home. Well, so, interestingly, we're, we're all talking um, about the title. So I've just called up the odds for the title. So who do we think should be favourites for the title? If you were a betting man, and obviously gamble responsibly if you are, um, who is the favourites for the title? Well, I would have
2: said City, but I bet you're going to tell us it's United, aren't you? No, it? it's City. Oh, is it?
1: Yeah. I mean, City are still the favourites for the title. We talk about them not getting a strike they're still mm. favourites. Chelsea are second favourites, Liverpool are third favourites and Manchester United are fourth in the bookmakers' lists. Now, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm making that point just to come back to what Jeremy says. It's, there's one reason only why Manchester City are favourites to win the Guardiola. title and Manchester United are fourth favourites to win the title. And that's for the manager. Mm. Absolutely. Pep Guardiola in charge of that in Manchester United squad becomes favorite to win the title. And 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 that's and and that and that just totally backs up what the pressure. Now, and I I, just, I like Ollie. I think I think he's fantastic. I think he I think he's brilliant in the way he conducts himself and um in the way that he doesn't blame and you know he doesn't blame referees, he doesn't blame anything. I think I think he's great the way the way he, he speaks and conducts himself and I think he represents Manchester United brilliantly. But the fact of the matter is you know he is unproven. And the fact of the matter is is that he now has that pressure on him, as Jeremy says, because of the squad that he's got? There are no excuses now. There are no excuses this season. Yeah, bookmakers who, who, who you know don't get don't get much wrong. Um
2: I've just revealed my days. column to all the listeners, done Sorry, you've just revealed my column for tomorrow to all. the oh, listeners. Well, no, no, it's usually mine I reveal me. I'll come to that in a minute. <laughs> you smart, though, if two or Guardiola are in charge of this Man United squad this yes. season, you thinking, crikey, they're gonna they're gonna win something.
1: I know. I mean, I sometimes think the yeah. I sometimes think this, this this cult of the modern big time manager, you know, you've got this cabal avenue of of, of big time managers, the you know, Tuchel, Guardiola, the sort of Nagelsman, um, these yeah. type of characters that we build up to be, you know, Guardiola, we build up to be this sort of elite. But I saw it on Saturday, you know. I, I on Saturday, I, I as I say, I think managers are often given too much credit for a team's Uh, success and and too much criticism for teams failings i think i think i think we've gone to extremes on this however i was there on saturday and that point for chelsea belonged as much to tuchel as anyone you know had that game gone on in the first half or had that instance happened say 10 minutes before half time chelsea's heads are gone they gone They, they were in disarray they would have lost that game instead it was only half a minute before half time he just goes down to the dressing room, gets them sorted, gets the heads right, gets the tackle right, makes the changes and sets them up. And here's how you play with 10 men. It was a masterclass. And you can't say that Tuchel, and, you know, I don't, it's, um, if I think Brian Reed in in, in the mirror this morning has, has made the point, you know, with, his, with, with essentially, obviously, he's made some additions now, but what he's got out of that Chelsea squad compared to what a rookie, like Frank Lampard got out it's just night and day isn't it and in mm. a way Solskjaer's not quite in the Lampard category but you know he, he still wasn't a relative novice and someone like Tuchel um someone like Guardiola his right you, you know you can imagine them at the manchester united um getting you know great things
0: out of that team yeah blimey you can't you can't
1: help yourself you're still having a little dig at frank lampard i i'm just repeating oh, really <laughs>
0: Unbelievable. <laughs> man. You know, listen. We, sh- we should talk about England as well, actually, yeah. sort of moving on f- from that, really. I mean, it was interesting, um, uh, you know, listening to Gareth Southgate and uh, Harry Maguire yesterday and seeing what they said, basically, about, uh, you know, time to move on from the Euros. I mean, it feels like yesterday it was sort of kind of, <laughs> we're at Wembley covering the Euros. I mean, you know, we're... we're what do we need to do now? You know, do you go into the sort of resumption of the, the World Cup qualifying campaign? Because it's easy to forget, actually, that some of these fixtures have been played already in March from the crazy international fixture list at the moment. Are you infused by England as England, as what happened in the summer improved your optimism about England or... You know, are you feeling, oh, gosh, you know, But well, the Premier League?
3: Well, uh, look, I, th- I certainly think there were certain things that did fall in England's favour. In fairness, they also fell in, in the favour of the Italians and, and the Danes uh, in terms of actually mm. playing, you know, pretty much all their matches on home turf. However, in terms of building up confidence, then I think it was invaluable. You know, um people were... Was- Sort of asking, saying that it was a, a bit of a fluke that they reached the semi-finals uh, in Russia. I've got to be honest; mm-hmm. I, I, I was sort of one of them. I thought he, the draw was very kind to them, pretty much all the way through. Um, and 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 this would be more of an acid test. Well, you know, they they pretty much they were they weren't defeated. Were they in, in the no. European Championships? I know they lost eventually on penalties, but they were undefeated, and, and I think that counts for a lot. This, you know, this is a competitive England eleven. You know, and I think that uh, there are s- several good things to come out of it. Calvin Phillips, the re-emergence of Raheem Sterling is an a Um and, and, and listen, we could go on. But for me, I think in terms of building blocks, that that you know we should be quietly, quietly enthused by it. We shouldn't go banging the drum quite just yet. But in terms of um, in terms of being uh, a step forward, how can it be seen as anything other than that? I mean, in the next tournament, he's He's, lit, he's just what. Well, is it uh, seventeen, eighteen months away now? No, no, not in that months away. So you know, the, pretty much, the core of that team will still be around. They'll be uh, sixteen months uh, more experienced. Players such as Jack Reed will be will have moved along the developmental curve and be far more polished than they are now. So look, I, you know, I, I think it's all pointing in the right direction, and, and the difficult thing for me will be. You know, how quickly they can get over the hangover from Euro 20, from the highs of Euro 2020 and get back on. Look, because tonight tonight and uh, next week in Poland, you know, if they can get through those two fixtures relatively unscathed, you know, Gareth can have a, Gareth should be able to have to blood yet more talent that's coming through. So listen, I think positives, and I think if we can get through, like I say, this, this triple header relatively unscathed, then you know, I think it's. Uh, I think we're, we're, we should be quietly
0: confident. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting sort of new chapter, really. I mean, Jeremy, what do you, what do you think that you know, sort of these next two of the three games in this little run of fixtures are arguably England's toughest in the group. So what do what do they have to do? You know, apart from obviously winning the games, what do they have to do to really? lay down a marker, sort of kind of, you know, sort of kind of mark themselves down as as potential World Cup winners in these games?
3: Well, they
2: have to keep doing what they're, they're already doing. I don't think that you, you don't want to see any magic wand waved at this England squad because it's mm. a fantastic young squad and they're making gradual progression. They've gone from a, a World Cup semi-final under Southgate to a, to a Euros final all right, we didn't win, but the, the the value of the experience of playing in a major final for all those players, even the squad players being around, you know, didn't get on. That's so invaluable to their careers because basically it's, they've never done it before for the country. Yeah. So, you know, I expect England just to keep keep breezing through these group group games. And uh, I know, look, it's slightly a different environment. I know Mox made the point that England had a lot in their favour in the summer. They are at home for all but one of their games. They had the crowd behind them, you know, didn't have a lot of travelling to do. They were lucky with injuries and COVID, barring the odd exception. Um so it was all there for them to, to go and win it. And sadly they didn't. But you know they are going they're going they're going on the right plane with Southgate. I know, you know, look he's he was accused of being too pragmatic in the final. Maybe he was, you know, but you can't change what's gone on in the past. I know Southgate made the point yesterday that, you know, it's a clean slate, isn't it? It's a new tournament, it's a new campaign. Um, it's a new challenge, you know. They're going to be playing away from home with, with without any home fans, without any away fans to support them, especially tomorrow. So it's going to be difficult, you know. It won't be an easy game. Um, it won't be an easy game against Hungary. Um, but um, you know, I have no fears about England. I think they're, they're they're building a lot of confidence. They've got a great work ethic, a great team spirit. I think I think they'll they'll, they'll reach the World Cup, and then obviously we'll see how they get on then. But you know. Um, there's no reason why we can't we can't challenge to win a World Cup. I don't see why we can't. No, no. In,
0: I was just about to sort of stick something on Andy then before Andy sort of disappeared. But um, in this Zoom world, we, we, you know, we do these sort of endless press conferences, don't we, by sort of video link, basically, even though obviously the clubs and I think the FA would rather, far rather do, you know, some of the interviews in person, you know, and some of us went to St George's Park on, 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 on Monday. Oh, Andy's rejoined us. And I, I, basically, happened, I, just, I was just saying that basically Andy, you know, do so many press conferences on Zoom and, you, you know, generally it's a bit, <laughs> you know, it's a bit anodyne, isn't it? It's not what you want, you know, not face to face. It's a bit, you know, sort of calm and, and stuff. But what really caught my eye yesterday was when you asked a question of Gareth Southgate, basically and sort of said, you know, you were sort of recalling conversations with your mates, basically, people on the street or having a casual chat in the, in the pub, basically. Yeah. That's England. code for what I really think, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly.
1: I'm talking to my mates. The so, York team's so, really boring, and, yeah. you know, you play eight defensive players, and, and that's what they put. They said to me that what I'm really saying is Gareth why, why is your team supporting but carry on john yeah
0: well no 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 that that was exactly it really yeah. wasn't it and then G- G- Gareth you know I don't think Gareth was you know I don't know whether he's still got the um uh, after the summer sort of thing basically he yeah. wasn't his normal sprightly you know, sort of no. cheerful self. He really wasn't, and then you know, I have to say, you you darkened his mood still further because he, yes, did take, he did take a bit of exception to that question, didn't he? He did, he did. I and mean, we've just got a comment there to see
1: off Glenn, who says, "I think England needs to get on the front foot and find a bit more creativity yeah. midfield." And
0: that, that I that's agree. I of, agree with Glenn. I do, I do.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm, we all do to a certain extent. But, 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 and that really, really annoys Southgate because he then made the point that that he he, he said, well, you know, I saw Chelsea winning the Champions League and they never play with any more than three attacking players. And then he listed more teams that don't play with more than three attacking players. He he, he neglected to mention that the Premier League winners um, in three of the last four seasons, a Manchester City who play with 25 attacking players, you know, including the goalkeeper. So he's selective there in what he's choosing. But I, I get his point and his point is fine. You know, it's a pragmatic team, as the lads have said. You know, it's a team that didn't concede... You, you know, I mean, you know, didn't concede goals at Euro 2020, you know, conceded one in the final, but and it's built on that fact of, of whatever defence he picks, and then with Rice and with Phillips, and, and I get all that and, you know, but it would just be, I, I don't know, I mean and it is just all about winning, I guess, but it would be nice to see England you know, just be a little bit more expressive to to, to play a little bit more not to, not to be the Harry Kane team not to be a team that is based, you know, on a proliferation of, of, of defenders, you know. I mean, how many fullbacks did he have at Euro 2020? Yeah. How many fullbacks? you know, he, he, just, he just... Even yesterday when Trent Alexander-Arnold was brought up, you know, he was at pains to point out, you know, who he would see as, like, our favourites, for example. Trent Alexander-Arnold, Jack Grealish. When you bring them up, I mean, it really, really... It clearly sort of irks him that yeah. he's not going on this bandwagon. So when Trent was brought up yesterday... He was a pain to point out that Carl Walker was the best fullback at Euro 2020. He's a pain to point out how important a player Kieran Trippier has been for him, both at World Cup 2018 and at these Euros. It, you know, and, and and he's not having the sort of bandwagon. And then even when even when he was talking about Grealish yesterday, you know, he, 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 even then he made that that comment where he says, you know, I've got players who who have proved themselves and have got us to semi-finals of the World Cup and the final of the Euros. And I've got a lot of guys with big reputations who haven't proved themselves yet. Now, he didn't name names, but clearly Grealish is one of those. There's no getting away from that. Even when he was speaking about Grealish going to Man City, um, it was, it was, it, you know, he said, yeah, he's great, he's going to be a better player. But he said, oh, I think he will need a period of, you know, adaptation where he gets used to playing with City. You know, he, even then, there was a slight reservation about it. So I do think, you know, he, he, he has, quite understandably, he, he, he has players who he's extremely loyal to. it worked out he was extremely loyal for example to raheem sterling don't forget there were plenty of people who suggested ahead of the euros that raheem sterling should not be an automatic choice based on his form with city for most of last season based on his form in that champions league final in porto but southgate stuck with him because he's been so so good for southgate since he took over and he was proved right you know sterling you know and i have to say as well as calvin Phillips has played to be england's player of the year I'm not quite sure what Raheem Sterling has to do to win that because, you know, for me he was England's Player of the Year by some distance. So, and so I understand why Southgate is loyal to these to these to these trusted lieutenants. But, you know, I think we've gone for so long about you know the great young attacking talent we've got coming through, and I would just like to see you know I would just like to see a bit more of it. I would just like to see other options. I'd like to see Mason Greenwood. I don't understand. He he, he went on at length, um, got a Southgate to explain why greenwood wasn't in this particular squad i still don't really get it you, you know i, no, mean, I don't he,
0: i don't i'm pleased you he's a hot as strike out there. You know, I, I didn't understand I well didn't the explanation I, I mean
1: i didn't you know he'd spoken to the club um he'd spoken to the manager no doubt as is the modern way as lee carsley found out when he when he tried to call up callum hunter the door he probably spoke to greenwood's people you know what that's got to do with that with an england call up i'll never know um so I, I I don't get it. I, I just I just don't get it. You know, he, he's, he's a lad who is who, and, and don't forget he's not by by modern standards, he's not a kid. You, you know what I mean? He, he, how old is he 20 now? Or well, is he 20 next birthday? I'm not sure, but he's not a kid. He's played, you know, he's probably played again, top of my head stuff, but I mean he must have played almost made towards hundred appearances for United across all comps. I would have thought. I don't know, but not far off that. He's not he's not a kid, basically, he scored a lot of goals. He's tearing it up in the Premier League,
0: mm. you
1: know, and England are crying out for a, an, an alternative to, to Harry Kane. Now, mm. again, with all respect, I mean, do we think that Patrick Bamford is going to be that? I I I, I love the fact that he's called up. I love it. what it, it means it. to him. It's I think it's Patrick a reward Bamford, for his hard work yeah. and for his performance at Leeds. But going forward, and you're thinking World Cup in Qatar in, in only, what, 15 months' time, I think, Max. Well... You know, surely Mason Greenwood got, has, has got to be. You know, get him in now. You know, I assume he'll be in for the games in October, but for these games, you know, you, you see, you've got two difficult games in, in Hungary and Poland. I mean, mm. I think tonight' game that, that you boys will be out. Know, it was extremely going to be extremely difficult in that sort of atmosphere. And you know, it's not often you come across young players who have that sort of instinctive finishing talent that Mason Greenwood has got. You know, I'm I'm, I'm going back as far as maybe the last. Type of that player, Michael Owen, you know, and we saw what 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 he did when he got into the team so young. You can't. I, I, it's a mystery to me how you can leave out someone with that ability to finish with either foot to score different goals and to have a natural striker's instinct. I don't get it, but, but there you go. So as I say, so in general, the likes of Greenwood, um, I would like to see more of, and it would just be nice to have you know attacking alternatives. And maybe a bit more on the front foot, but I guess yeah. I guess we're just we're just looking for you the know, dream. Yeah, the dream basically. You, you know, the, 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 the idea of what can what what can take England you know that one step further, but you know they, they, there's not much further to go. They drew
0: in the final of a major tournament, you know. So Yeah, yeah, I agree. Here's he's one for you, I think is an interesting point for me and Kendall on the chat. How many managers who were defenders? Play open attacking football. Now that is a question. It's like, it's it, 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 yes. I'm really just that. Racking my brains in, and oh, I can't. Currently, An Italian. Well, no, no, no. I'm, well, I mean, the recent recent past. You know, well, Klops,
3: Klops was defender, wasn't he? Yeah, yes. Have... Yes. Good point. We yes, yes. yes. Was it?
0: Yeah. Of sorts, yeah. yeah well that, of the... Was Vanga a defender, that. Crossy? Was who? Vanga? Yeah, he was, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Of sorts. A full to full to in full back. Yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, that's a fair point.
2: I'm loathe yeah. to admit, but I'm going back a while, but O'Leary, O'Leary was quite an attacking minded manager when he was a Leeds manager with that young team he had, With yeah. the Cools yeah. and the likes and people like that. They were good to watch, but yeah. I don't want to praise O'Leary, really, if I'm being honest.
0: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, no, it's a great, it's a, it is a great, yeah, a great point. I, I, do I, I, you, I j-
3: j-
1: just one last yeah.
0: thing, I'm, and, uh, cross. I, 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 I'll be interested.
1: <laughs> do you think? Do you think that this will be Southgate's last campaign as
0: England manager? Yeah, I do as well. I, I'm I'm amazed that that basically Southgate has been in charge since you know post-2016, mm-hmm. after the Euros. When, at the end of the Qatar World Cup, I mean, they're talking about a new contract, but let's see. I mean, yes, personally, yeah. I think that it's always a strange one. If a manager goes into a tournament um, and his contract expires at the end of that tournament, I don't think it bodes well because I think the players are thinking, where, yeah. where, where are we going after this? So it's never ideal that. But I do think that It will be six and a half years at the the Qatar World Cup. That is remarkable for an international manager. I'll I'll be so disappointed when Southgate eventually goes because he's been absolutely fantastic, been a breath of fresh air. Great, you know, great to work with press-wise. But it's not just that; he's changed the mood. You know, he's been been fantastic. I was talking to a sort of a player just in conversation at Saint George's Park the other day, and. Sort of, you know, he was sort of saying, Oh, you know, made great progress. Then and I sort of said,
2: Blimey, yes, you know, yeah.
0: since 2014. I mean, you think of 2014, that that was a bit of a disaster, that World Cup. 2016 was an absolute shambles. <laughs> I didn't say this too honestly, but <laughs> I did say, you know, since 2014, look at the progression. Mm. And it's just, yeah, it's been, been, been amazing. And yeah. I do think, you know, of course, you'll have some criticism, gripes, and attacking football, but blimey, when you put it in context, it's, yeah.
2: He's thing been, is, as well, six and a half years being England manager—it's so, it's yeah. so emotionally demanding, isn't yeah. it? You know, when you look at Southgate, what he has to deal with as is, is an England manager—all the racism, yeah. you know, other issues away from away from football—you have to be sort of up to speed yeah. and really intelligent to deal with all those things, and that, that must mm-hmm. grind you down. Yeah, he said, didn't he towards the end of the tournament? I think he was referring to. After the World Cup in Russia, when he went on holiday with his family, and he used to sleep all the time, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, I mean, just must tire you out. I think six and a half years is plenty. More, we won't, you know, we won't owe England anything, whatever happens ah. at, in Qatar. And I think he'll go off and have a break, and come back, and he'll look to get a decent big club Good job. Here,
0: yeah, I, 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 in I, 20, I in the summer of 2013, I agree. Sorry, 20, summer of 2023, rather. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. With you. I agree. With I, it. I, I, I i only asked that
1: because I, I i totally agree with Jeremy. There, I, I only asked that because I just thought that, that over the past couple of press conferences, he's been—I mean, almost weary about. I mean, he's been asked about everything, as Jeremy says. I mean, I mean, what other job, football job, do you get? You know, at one stage, he was asked about vaccines, about whether it should be, you know, compulsory yeah. or whatever. He's asked about the racism. um He's asked about the taking the knee in Hungary. He's asked about workers' rights in Qatar, mm. you know, and and and, and fought, you know, and, and and no mention of the football during those line of question. And as we all know, he's been absolutely brilliant in dealing with mm. all those other issues. Mm. But I just got the impression, for example, yesterday when he was when he's being pushed on what might happen tonight in Hungary, and um, hopefully not. But what what what, and about the sanctions that have been applied to Hungary um, by UEFA rather than um, rather than FIFA. And he just said, listen, you know, he basically just said, I'm not going to get involved. And to me, that was the first time I was sort of, I just got the impression that he's thinking, you know, how long does, does you know, how many different things does he have to comment on? Does he have to, you know, he's being asked to, to get involved in, you know, he mentioned, didn't he, about that the, they'd asked him to take part in a video about um, yeah. the importance of getting the vaccine. He said he got more abuse from that than he got, you know, from anything else. And he would just think at one stage like, blimey, it's almost going to be an easy life when you can go back to being a club manager, sign a three-year deal worth 10 million quid a week, about five times your wages (laughs) with England, and just pick a team every week, you know, and not have to deal with all the peripheral nonsense of basically being the most sort of responsible quiz person. I mean, as as the old adage goes, you know, second only probably to the Prime Minister in terms of important job in the country. So I think, yeah, I think six years, I think he's done magnificently. But after six years, I won't. I certainly won't say be grudging going away and getting um and getting a, a club job, which yeah. brings with its own pressure. But you sign a three-year contract, you get sacked after a year, you get two years' compensation, and you walk into another job, which is clearly the way it goes.
0: Yeah, Rusted. no, it's it's, it's true. If you can't get, <laughs> exactly. If you can't if you can't get a club job, you just take over as prime minister when it? so, yeah. it's yes. So, so there you go, <laughs> guys. Guys, I, I I think we I think we're gonna I think we'll leave it there. But thanks so much for joining. Really, really appreciate it. It's um, it's uh, been an interesting week and sort of back on the uh, back on the international scene now as well. So sort of games to look forward to as well. So plenty to chew over. So thanks so much for doing that. So nice to see you all guys. And so uh, not- yeah, we'll catch up soon. Thanks everyone for watching and tuning in.